0: Welcome to yet another episode of the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. This is a show where I, Ellie, MD of Transition Partners and the CEO, Sandra, talk to some of the world's highest achieving business and tech leaders. In each episode, we will be sharing tales, tips, techniques and war stories in the hope that you will learn from some of these amazing leaders to help you develop and progress your career. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. So today we have the lovely Chiraka Gunatiliki, who's CTO at Panacea. Chiraka describes himself as a fan of all things big data, especially applied to cybersecurity challenges. He's currently heading up an awesome team at Panacea who aim to help clients measure and understand security performance with continuous controls monitoring. So hello,
1: Hey Ellie, how are you doing? Thanks for having Hi. me. Hi,
0: so good to see It's so fantastic to have you on the podcast. How are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. It's uh, it's cold up uh, up here in, in Rygate, uh, snowing. <laughs> have facing. you got much
0: snow down in London? I mean, uh, we've got a little bit, we've got about two inches in Leeds.
1: No, not really that much. Um, it's It's been blustery. Uh, it's definitely cold, but uh, there's not much settling at the moment.
0: I mean, I'm feeling very blessed because I was on the phone earlier to my colleague, um, Sarah, over in Berlin, and it's minus eight this morning. Oh, I wow. Feel, God, I feel happy to be in sunny Leeds. <laughs> 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 so um, it'll be fantastic then, Jack, if we can start the podcast. Um, we're finding out about your journey, how you got to where you are today. Let's go all the way back and find out what led you to your CTO position
1: yeah, sure. So I mean I've 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 been around a bit. I mean um, my my family's <laughs> originally from uh, Sri Lanka. Um, I've lived in a couple of different places. I've lived in Sri Lanka. Was born here in the UK. Um, lived uh, about ten years in in Austria as well, in in Vienna. Oh, wow. And and most of my life, I've lived here in the in the UK in in various places. Um, I guess from a from a career and and education perspective, I've probably had um, a relatively traditional background. So I um, studied computer science um, uh, as an undergrad. Um, I uh, worked in academia for a short while as well. Um, I saw some,
0: that amazing. Yeah, and you uh, did your some, PhD at Cambridge, then.
1: Well, I, I was working on a PhD at Cambridge, but I never actually finished it there. I, I, I moved on from there uh, before uh, before I, I finished it. Um, wow. But uh, you know, my, my my whole sort of uh, background has been around using data. So in academia, I was using uh, data for for modeling. Um, uh, in my, in my research assistant role, I was building data platforms, um, essentially to do some heavy, uh, number crunching. Um, and then my, my first sort of proper job, uh, was, um, at a company called Dedica, which was bought by BAE Systems, which is a, a much yeah. bigger company. Um, and essentially it was as, a um, uh, as a software engineer and, um, I joined uh, what was at that time uh, a fledgling cybersecurity division uh, of Dedica. Um, And it was a really exciting time because um, we were working on software um, that was using data analytics to find uh, cyber attackers
0: who had managed
1: to infiltrate a a company's uh, network. So, you know, using lots and lots of data, analyzing that data for um, oddities, uh, signs of um, uh, malicious activities. Um, and actually what we ended up doing was we we took that software um, that we originally built to be used in-house, we packaged it up as a product that we took to, to market. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I had a really uh, exciting opportunity to get involved in the more sales and customer-facing uh, uh, side. So uh, I was uh, working as a pre-sales engineer, essentially helping our sales team sell the product. Um, you know, talk about the technical uh, benefits, the value of the the product, um, and ultimately deliver the product to uh, to our customers uh, as well. Amazing. Um, Unfortunately, BA Systems um, uh, at that time weren't really um, ready to invest in in a new product and it wasn't really going anywhere. Um, and, uh, the, the team that I was working with at BA systems, we had been talking about, uh, potentially starting, um, something of our own. Um, and that was, uh, initially how Panacea began, you know, we all sort of left BA systems within six months of each other. Um, mm-hmm. and Nick, our, our CEO and founder was, uh, was the first one. And, um, he went out there, raised some money, um, and got the original team together um, Amazing. And so, was, how many
0: of you was it in total that left BAE then to come? So, through? it was about
1: four of us. Um, so, uh, Nick, who was running sales in that team that I was in at BAE, he became the founder and CEO. Uh, Mike, uh, who was um, you know built a lot of the analytics, uh, became our chief scientist and is now our VP of product. Um, and uh, Soph, uh, who was running various marketing activities uh, at BAE Systems. Uh, is now, uh, our chief of staff. So that, that original the
0: full squad is yeah, still there,
1: that, that team, um, to this day, you know, six, awesome. six years on, we're, we're still, we're still together. And, you know, we, we started off as, as four people working out of a basement, uh, a typical startup uh, story, um, actually in Nick's basement, just down the road here in, uh, in Rygate. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, it, you know, the, the, we, we started off as that team together and um, now six years later, we're uh, a team of 60 people spread across the UK uh, and the US as well. Um, wow. And I mean, it's been an absolutely incredible journey, you know, going from um, the four of us um, just trying to figure out, what we 're doing, building some of the initial um, products, um, the early iterations of the products, uh, then moving on to building teams, building the the early teams um, and and yeah i mean in, in, in these kinds of startup roles you know there's no two days are are the same you know every few months um, the, the the role is evolving um, and that 's what I really love about uh, this kind of environment because um, you 're always feeling. Um, stretched, you're always feeling like you're making progress, either personally or as a company. Um, yeah. And is that that challenge that that I, I find um, motivates me and, and um, gets me up in the morning.
0: Sounds fantastic, and it sounds like a really exciting business. And what a way to set it up! I mean, your background is really interesting, actually, because you've got a well-rounded experience haven't you You've got the research side of it the actual doing the Hadoop, with big data and then the sales side of aspect as well mm-hmm. um which is really interesting one thing um, that i'd like to kind of discuss a little bit further because we haven't got some we ha- i don't, don't actually think we've interviewed anyone on the podcast uh, let's talk leadership podcast from a background in academia and sometimes it can be quite tough for people to make the transition um so it'd be interesting. I know as a recruiter, that's something that I, I face um, quite often. They've got all the technical skills, that amazing background, working on some really interesting projects, but then translating that and turning it into sort of one that commercial side of it can be really challenging. Have you got any sort of like tips or thoughts on that?
1: yeah I mean I think uh, anyone coming into uh, the commercial world is is um, you know it 's going to be a learning curve to to get up to speed with uh, thinking in terms of the the business impact uh, the value that you' you 're delivering to the business and and yeah. your end customers um, I think that 's always going to be be hard you know whether you 're a, a straight grad out of uh, an undergrad or a post grad um, I think, um, you know, an, an academic background, um, what it what it can give you that maybe you might not be getting from someone straight out of uh, an undergrad is, um, y- you know, you, you have to learn some some soft skills around how you organize yourself, how you um, uh, motivate yourself, how mm-hmm. you drive yourself. Um, I think I think uh, there's a lot of. Um, uh, skills that you need when you're doing research which uh, can be very valuable and can be translated um, as, a, as a transferable skill into the the commercial world as well.
0: 100% I definitely agree with that and that's some um, great tips there I think which will certainly help others that are struggling and um, let's talk then about your leadership style and skills because So your first leadership role, was that when you joined Panacea? Had you led people, managed before?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think uh, at at BA Systems, I would call call myself as more as a manager. I did uh, run a a small team of um, initially engineers and then um, a team of pre-sales engineers as well. Uh Um, But I think it was uh, only really when I came to Panacea where I started to... um, really start to, to to think and learn about the art of leadership, because um, that was when I had to properly run um, um, a big team. And also before that, that's when I really had to, uh, by myself, attract a team to come and work for me as well. You know, yeah. at BAE Systems, you were given people that you had to lead. But uh, the difference in a startup environment is that you are building that team yourself from scratch. Um, and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of great um, uh, inspiration out there in terms of uh, different leadership uh, philosophies. And um, one of the things that I, I always try to do is, is, is consume and, and learn as much as I can from um, mentors and coaches uh, as well as from uh, the the literature, so so there's plenty of leadership books uh, out there, um, and I guess the 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 sorts of things that have stuck with me, the the things that have um, uh, gelled with with my own style. Um, the, 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 there's there's many facets to leaderships, but but a couple that really come to mind. Um, one of them is around creating psychological safety, you know, an an environment where people can um, be free, can be themselves, be authentic,
0: um, uh-huh.
1: can, can speak up, and, and, and really uh, fostering an environment where um, they can bring their whole selves, they can be their best selves. Um, and creating an environment where people can feel comfortable, um, just collaborating and 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 um, innovating. So I really I really value um, the the more uh, empathetic and emotional sides of uh, of, of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot um, uh, of value that leaders can bring in terms of uh, bringing clarity, so uh, giving the team uh, purpose, presenting a vision, and and helping them. To see and imagine a future that they can create, um, I think you know, especially when we think about how do you how do you attract people to come and work in a uh, in a startup when there are so many opportunities out there for them. Um, mm. I think giving them a purpose and and giving them um, something to to, to to look forward to, uh, I think that's really a, a key tool, a key uh, duty of a, of, a, of a leader. Um, yeah.
0: I think that's really great. I think, like you say, like the art of storytelling to be able to show people the end goal and what they've got to look forward to um, is amazing. So CTO at the moment, what, how many people are you responsible for?
1: So I've got about uh, a team of 20. Um, yeah. So the, the whole engineering team, which includes um, you know, various front end engineers, um, data platform engineers, DevOps engineers, QA, um, that, that whole function is, uh, uh, is under me
0: and the space that you work in like you say you mentioned about like talent attraction earlier it's a super super competitive space and you're working with some big brands like before when you're working at BAE the brand really speaks for itself right so hiring's not a problem how have you found that challenge from a startup perspective and and have you got any tips um, for anyone in a similar position
1: yeah I mean that that's really an area that we've uh, put a lot of um, time and effort into um I remember even um you know, one of the one of the vivid memories that I have is um, hiring um, uh, the, the first members of the team around uh, May of 2015. So uh, just under six years ago. Um, and it was a really, really challenging time because, um, as, as we said, like it's a, a hyper competitive market, especially in yeah. London. You know, there's so mm-hmm. many yeah. opportunities out there, um, so many companies who can pay um, good money, so many exciting startup opportunities as well. So how do you differentiate in, in that kind of market? And mm-hmm. um, right at the beginning, we, we knew we were never going to win on money. So we had to find other ways that uh, we could attract uh, the right kind of people who would thrive in this kind of money, uh, in this kind of environment. Um, and uh, one of the things that we put a lot of effort into is um, the, the job spec. So that, that's really the first impression that a candidate uh, will get of uh, the company, the people, the role that they're applying to. Um, and uh, we, we put a lot of emphasis in in selling all of that through the job spec. So right. talking about um, what awesome opportunity to, to, to grow we would be able to offer a new candidates. Um, I really believe, I genuinely believe that a startup environment gives um, uh, gives people an unparalleled exposure to learn new skills. I mean, there's, there's no other place where you can see a business grow, um, yeah. all the dimensions of a business grow, um, and, um, really have an impact if you want in, in all aspects of that. Um, there's, there's no other place other than a, than a startup where you're going to get that, um, and, um, you know, there, there's some people who are really motivated and inspired by those kinds of um, opportunities. And that's what we wanted to appeal to, those kinds of people. Um, we, we focused a lot about the, the tech, you know, what kind of tech um, uh, uh, skills they would be able to pick up on. Um, and we also spent quite a lot of time, and this is something that's been uh, evolving over the years, um, in emphasizing the company values and culture. Hmm. So talking about um how we think about um, creating a diverse and uh, inclusive uh, environment, what kinds of expectations we have of people in terms of the, uh, the 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 commitment um the 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 low ego that we expect people to have um hmm. and I think that really paints a picture of um the the kinds of people who will thrive in the panacea uh, environment I'm um sure. We also um, put a lot of effort into um, some of the finer details as well, like the actual words in the in the job spec. Um, I don't know if you've come across tools like uh, Textio, which is um, like a, it's like a, a, like a machine learning analysis of your job spec, and it. Um, really, uh, identifies words that, uh, are non-inclusive maybe, or may not appeal to different demographics. Um, and really helped us, um, uh, construct a job spec that was more inclusive. Um, so
0: important. yeah, it sounds yeah. Like you're, you're, so much thought and time has gone into your, um, job descriptions so that's super important, isn't it? And throughout the process, the interview process as well, it's really important. Um, I love the fact that you were saying about everyone being able to come to Panacea and be their authentic selves and and creating that culture is really important. Sounds like you've done a great job of that. I'd love to know then, I guess a little bit more about how you've motivated and, Kept that kind of drive within the business through the past 12 months and all this time of change for people because it's not been easy. From a personal perspective, I know before we start recording today, you've got a five year old son, you've got a new puppy, sounds like you've got a busy life yourself, you're away from your family in Sri Lanka, but then running a business alongside of that, running a team of 20, which sounds like it's growing as well. How have you done that? And have you got any tips for anyone out there that's struggling?
1: yeah i mean it's definitely not been a, a easy time for anyone um uh, during the during the pandemic and and for others has been it's been really really tough and i feel personally quite privileged to to um have it relatively easy to be to be honest um you know when 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 the the pandemic first started around um, you know the first lockdown in march april of 2020 um we we were quite decisive and, and we took some pretty quick um, action. Um, something we realized was that um, in this time of great uncertainty for um, for everyone, um, mm-hmm. I mean we were focusing on our staff, but it, there was a lot of uncertainty for everyone. Um, yeah. We had to create certainty. You know, we had to um, we we had to we we had to give them something that was predictable. And um, we we had we we realized that looking at our company finances we had to make some cuts to secure the financial future of the the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, that initially meant that we um, had to let some people go, which was um, really difficult That's thing tough. to do, especially yeah. in, in, in this climate. You know, letting people go out into um, into the workforce in. Um, in a time where, you know, so many businesses were, 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 shutting up shop and mm-hmm. it was very difficult to, to find, uh, new, uh, working opportunities. That was a really, really difficult thing to do. Um, but we realized that we had to make that tough decision for the benefit mm-hmm. of the wider business and, uh, uh, the, the workforce that was remaining in the, in the business. Um, and, you know, we were very clear in, in why we were doing it, how we were doing it. Um, and, you know, within, um, I think, by the end of April, so within that first month, we had uh, made all those decisions and um, I think what that really helped was bring some stability. you know I was talking about the certainty the certainty i think brought some stability to the mm-hmm. um, to the business um, i think the the next sort of phase that we we went into um, was really starting to understand what what, what do all these um, external factors going on around us uh, mean for our for our business and and for our staff and um, we did a couple of things to try and figure out what the the working environment at Panacea had to had to become what it had to evolve to become. Um, and, um, we did some internal surveys, uh, where we were, um, surveying the, the staff about how they felt about, uh, what they need from a workplace. Um, and I think we, you know, we, we found out from that survey that, um, you know, a- everyone misses the, the, the personal connection of being in an office, uh, and collaborating in, in person in an office, um, very few people wanted to go fully remote, um, mm-hmm. What we found was that the, um, the younger uh, members of staff, maybe earlier in their careers, um, wanted to spend more time in an office. Um, they probably had less space at home in, in, in you know, yeah. living in flats in central London. Um, and they probably lived close to uh, the office anyway. And then there were the older uh, generations who were maybe later in their careers, had families, uh, maybe had more space and um, wanted to spend less time uh, on trains commuting into offices close, um, yeah. but you know I think I think what we came up with was um, um, combining both that internal perspective as well as what we could learn from uh, other uh, remote companies. Uh, what we figured out was that the the right option for panacea was uh, a hybrid working solution where we would um, offer uh, flexible uh, working environments so people could uh, choose to go into offices so at that
0: um, point, then you got rid of the office
1: yeah yeah actually in uh, in uh, April of last year we we got rid of our office we were actually in a very lucky position because um our tenancy was uh, 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 uh coming up to uh, renewal at that point anyway um, such good so, timing <laughs> yeah, yeah. and yeah, the thing we,
0: is if you if we hadn't been thrown into a situation you probably never would have asked the question and never done that kind of ser- really open, honest survey with your team. And you never know, potentially, maybe the, the 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 um team members who are later on in their career with families and that uh, and and a bit more civilian, you never know, like retention. They might have been offered a job fully remote and just gone and 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 gone from that for a perspective without having those discussions about actually you don't really need to be in the office. And what is the office? The office isn't, doesn't have to be one fixed location that they call the panacea hq it could be anywhere which is the option that you've done which is the flexible offices um through like serviced offices like we work for example
1: that's right yeah
0: this is so interesting
1: yeah and i think you know it's it's um I think um, in the future, I don't think anyone is going to want to come back to this kind of nine to five, Monday to Friday, in an office type of uh, environment. And I think, again, you know, going back to what I was talking about, how do you differentiate as an employer? Um, I think... Providing options, providing that flexibility, um, you know, flexibility of where you live, uh, flexibility of where you can work from, um, and really providing the tools and the the guidelines that help the teams be productive uh, in those environments is really what's going to attract more people, I think.
0: Of course. So when you're hiring now for the future, then you're looking at any location as long as you can come to the off, uh, come to these collaboration sessions every every so as and when required.
1: Yeah, that's right. So how we've set up is we've right. got um, company wide guidelines, but then there's also yeah. uh, team specific um, uh, requirements, essentially, uh, because, you know, some some teams um, may need to get together more often. Others may not need to meet as often. Um, but then what we've said is that when you're hiring within those teams, you set out those um, guidelines and requirements and you hire against them. So some of them, you know, we might say that we need someone who can travel into the London office um, once a quarter. Um, and then it's entirely up to the the candidates where they live or you know, where, where they want to work uh, mm-hmm. as long as they can come in uh, when they when we need them to.
0: Amazing. Yeah, it's really exciting, isn't it? Because I was speaking to someone actually last week that was saying, once we do, hopefully, once all this is over in the next couple of years, that it really is going to be the rise of the digital nomad. Again, because people are going to want to travel and they're we're, we're going to want to see the world because we've been locked down for so long. And so many young people who had intentions of that have now gone into their career as a result of that. And they're still going to want to be able to do that at some point. So the digital nomad thing is certainly going to be more of an option than ever before and it sounds like you'd probably be able to achieve that quite nicely with panacea if, if if you're in the right team so that's amazing um that's really great now as a leader then the past couple of months like what's your real pain points what have you got on the agenda right now that you're really kind of struggling with and trying to fresh out as a as a leader of a growing scaling business
1: yeah so i mean um, we 're in a um, uh, probably somewhat unusual but but um, uh, very fortunate situation that uh, yeah. last year was actually our, our best year to date at panacea wow. um, so we 're very lucky and, and um, we 've got some some good problems to have in that uh, there are a number of uh, growing pains um we've probably you know more than doubled our customer base over the last 12 months um Fantastic. and at the same time we've probably um y- you know because of the 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 nervousness around the pandemic we probably haven't grown our teams um uh, as uh, aggressively as maybe we should have given the the business growth mm. um so I think I think now it's really about um, how do we adjust uh, to to that growth? How do we uh, change the organization's um, scale the organization? So that it can meet the, the demands of this uh, growing customer base where we're in a, um, the, the product that we're building is in a, a brand new category. So this is not a um, it's, it's not something that the world has has seen before, you know, and the the first sort of uh, four years of our uh, of our existence has really been about educating the market um, that there is a real problem here um, for um. Uh, for security teams in the enterprise.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, we
1: have a solution that can solve that problem. And I think now the the tide is starting to shift where the market gets it. There is um, lots of um, external third party validation that there is a problem here. Um, and, um, yeah, so it's, it's really about how do we, um, adjust our organization, grow the teams, um, and, you know, inevitably grow the processes and tools that we have to support those teams, Mm -hmm. um, so that we don't, we don't break as we, as we expand out.
0: And it's such a crucial time in the business, isn't it? When you're a team of like circa 60 at the moment, that next step is is huge. So being able to, like say, foster that culture through this time of growth is going to be really interesting to watch. So can't wait to keep an eye on it. I'd love to know then. Um, I think I always think as a leader, you learn the most through sort of adversity and challenge so is there one particular moment in your career that still sort of like keeps you up at night or makes a hair stand up on the end of your skin around like a real project failure or something that happened but a poignant moment that you then learnt the most from that you can share with us a story today
1: yeah I mean I think um at, at panacea I can't really uh, put my okay. finger on on anything at the at the moment um There's, there's adversity, there's problems, um, every day, um, and and um a startup life, the well exactly exactly <laughs> and and you know if you if you can't uh, step away from it and um mm. just put it into perspective you're you're not gonna you're not gonna get very far in this kind of um um industry i think you know if i was to to, to look back um over my career i think um you know moving on from my phd without having finished it was probably the one that i have a, a regret about um mm. I think on on one hand I do have a regret. On the other hand, I feel um, it's it's something that's, that's changed um, uh, the way I I work. And you know, I think I think since then it's really motivated me to um, not be defined by that moment and think about you know what 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 could I have done differently in that moment? Um, how how can I basically? Um, uh, not have that as as the defining thing in in my career um and I think that's that's probably changed uh my motivations and my ambitions to kind of almost not erase it but not make it such a prominent thing uh in my uh in my career history
0: yeah Whilst well, we talk about then your ambitions like what is the long-term goal for you and the team at Panacea then global domination
1: <laughs> yeah I mean it's a really exciting time at uh, Panacea as I said you know the the early part of the company was about um, uh, creating the market. And I think now we're getting to the point where this market actually exists. And we at Panacea are ideally poised to capitalize on this market that's developing now. Um, so I'm really excited about the prospects for the business over the next uh, couple of years. Um, I think, you know, acquiring um, more customers um, in, in new sectors, in new geographies, um, growing out the team so that we can service those, um, uh, customers and really, um, being part of a journey, um, that is at a, at a whole nother scale to where we are today, uh, is, is really what I'm excited about. And, you know, the, the, the motivation for me is, is get to a point where there is some kind of end in this journey. Mm. Um, hopefully, um, um a successful one um, but being able I'm to sure. look back well <laughs> hopefully hopefully <laughs> somewhere something where I can look back and say look I was there uh, on day one and um, I'm, I'm here at the the end of the journey um, and I can say that I had some part in taking the company from that really you know early early stage um, from incubation through to a successful business I think that's really what what drives me
0: so very humble. Some part in that process, like <laughs> I'm sure, a pretty big part. You've
1: like, I mean, so... you know, with with sixty people in the business today yeah. and, and growing, yeah. you know, yeah. I'm I'm only a a relatively small cog, and you know, I can't. I, you 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 quite quickly realise that there's very little that you can actually do as a. Um, uh, you know, in a, in a growing business on your own, right? Mm-hmm. You are so dependent on your team, yeah, um, which is why, you know, I feel like a lot of my time goes into investing in the team and and, and growing their capacity, growing their capability um, mm-hmm. and, and really keeping them happy as well so that they feel like they have a, a long journey uh, left at Panacea as well.
0: Okay. Yeah, I could definitely agree with that. What about... Um looking after i guess you yourself you, you've come with a really sort of like chilled kind of zen feel to your leadership experience but how do you manage that obviously there's a lot of stress and pressure with the startup but you don't give off that vibe at all so how, how do you manage that the, your, the sort of like your health and well-being so so when you do turn up to work like you have for the podcast today you can be the very best version of yourself
1: yeah, I mean I think it is so important to um look after yourself um I think o- over the years that's become more and more clear because you know as you as you go on in your career there's never more time if anything there is less time there's more demands on your time Um, and you know understanding some simple techniques like um, you're never going to be able to to do everything that's piling up on your uh, on your to-do list Um, and you know knowing how you can access your uh, company your team uh, to be able to to help you you know the ability to delegate I think is is so important as well something that was really difficult for me to do uh, early on in my career where I thought, you know, it was, it was, I had to do everything if I wanted it done right, I had to do it. Um, I think I've, I've um, definitely changed my uh, outlook from, from that perspective. Um, I think um, another thing that is really important uh, for me, um, has been really effective for me is, is the understanding of the mind um, and understanding that um, about two years ago, Um, the whole leadership team at Panacea went on a a retreat. It was um, um, like a a training program uh, called uh, Quality of Mind, which was, um, it it was kind of like mindfulness, but taking it to a whole nother level where, you know, mindfulness is about uh, being aware of your thoughts and being Mm -hmm. present. Um, This was um, a slightly different type of teaching where it was, the realization that everything, your your whole experience, your whole reality, is uh, created in your head by by your thoughts, um, and you know the feelings of stress and overwhelm, um, they're nothing more than than thoughts that have been fabricated in your head. Yeah. Um, and you know while it's it's not as easy as to say, you know, it's just a, a fake thought in my head that I'm super stressed and, and I can just switch it off. I think the realization um, that your your mind creates these things um, was really a, a big relief for me that, um, you know, when you become aware of it, it immediately just calms you down and, and yeah. um, it puts things into perspective, really.
0: I think it gives you that sense of control, doesn't it? That you can kind of reprogram it and think of it in different ways. And, but, but it's easy to be said once you realize, isn't it? Is when, when you're in the depth of it, of the stress and that it can easily feel overwhelming. So I think that's some really good advice. And it sounds like a good course. So was that just a day course then you took the team
1: It was, um, it was actually three. It was pretty, oh, wow. pretty intense. And, um, wow. yeah.
0: Did you get some amazing feedback from the, then did everyone feel
1: like they took a lot away from it? yeah yeah I think I think generally you know as um, you know we, we we took that as a, a way that if you think the the leadership team is probably the most important team in the company because of the yeah. the impact that we have on the business yeah. um, and it was um, it, 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 you know we went on that course because we had to find ways for the leadership team to work seamlessly and work very collaboratively. Um, and, and that course really teaches you not only about how your mind works, but mm-hmm. through the realization of how your mind works, you can um, start to understand that, you know, everybody has a different reality. Everyone has yeah. a different perspective. And really being uh, empathetic to that um, really helps people to, to work better together.
0: Sounds like it probably gave your team, your leadership team, some really good tools, particularly over the past year where empathetic leadership has never been more important. So, that's right. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Sounds like a great idea. What's the best bit of leadership advice uh, that you can share today? Either something that you feel like yourself is something you've learned or I guess someone that someone told you and you thought, do you know what? That means a lot to me. And I think if I could tell everyone piece of advice, that would be it.
1: You know I think the the one thing that i um, I think is is um, some, something useful for everyone to keep in mind is that you know the the leaders are not just the the people at the the top of the organization it's not your boss it's not your manager um, everybody can exhibit leadership. Behaviors, Right. And um, I think uh, it, it can really reframe people's uh, perspective if they can think, hang on, I can do some things that are uh, exhibiting uh, leadership behaviors. You know, doing simple things like um, putting the company mission first, you know, thinking about the company and um, not not thinking about yourself and how you're going to get everything that you need for yourself. Um Speaking truth, right? I think, you know, that's one of the hardest things that is even for a leader to 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 really contemplate, because, you know, for whatever reason, we don't want to hurt people's feelings, we don't want to, you know, call someone's baby ugly, w- w- whatever it is, I think while that might not work in a, in a social setting, in a business setting, being able to speak the truth, the ugly truth um, is, you know, the difference between potentially life and death of the, of the business. Um, Um, And anyone can speak up and, and um, see truth and, and, and speak, speak that truth as well. Um, And holding yourself accountable again, you know, something that um, as a leader, you try to uh, model that behavior, but again, everybody can 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 um, you know act in that way and 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 show those behaviors so I think it's it's really important I think it's really essential that uh, the 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 wider company thinks of themselves as leaders
0: yeah I love that and I think it's about like you said earlier if you create that environment where people feel like they can speak their truth then that's going to help help create that as well, which is which is amazing. It sounds like you've done a really great job of that within your team as well. So what's on the agenda like what exciting things have you got got up for the next up sleeve for the next sort of 12 months, I guess I love to leave with some positive and um, plans and ideas for the future.
1: Yeah, so I mean, uh, we're we're just in the process of a of a fundraise at the moment. Um, okay, which uh, you know, fingers crossed if if everything a lot of late uh,
0: nights, yeah. <laughs> lots of work going into that. I'm well, sure. yeah,
1: yeah, I think I think uh, that that's true of of most days at a, at a startup. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, if that comes through, I think that'll really unlock a whole new growth strategy for for the business. Um, you know, how do we capitalize on on new markets? Um, how do we uh, uh, grow the team to to accommodate that, and um, I think the the challenge of taking the business to the next level um, with that funding. Hopefully, that we're we're gonna get, um, you know, using that as a way of growing new leaders, giving people new opportunities. Um, I think it's it's those aspects that I I'm really looking forward to, like the yeah. the next the, the next iteration of Panacea.
0: It's so exciting, isn't it? And I can't wait to keep an eye on all the great things you and the team are up to. If anyone does want to get in touch, what's the best form? Is it LinkedIn or Twitter or?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're on all of that. Um, I mean, yeah. you can find me on on LinkedIn and um, panacea.com is the is the website. You know, we'd always love to, to, to hear from anyone. Um, so, yeah, feel free to reach out.
0: I'm sure you will. I'm sure you'll get lots of people interested. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Draca. It was great to hear your story and about all the exciting things going on at Panacea. Amazing.
1: Thanks for having me, Ellie.
0: See you later. Bye. Bye. We would like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in.
1: It means a lot to us and we really appreciate your support.